Football is your passion. You know all the players and teams, their strengths and weaknesses. Now put that knowledge to the test and play for your shot at the $1 million top prize at DraftKings.com. It's just part of the $5 million in total prizes they're dealing out in this week one content. DraftKings.com is the destination for one-week fantasy football. One-week fantasy means no season-long commitments. Play whenever you want with the players you want. Just pick your contest, draft your players, and follow your team live. Renew old rivalries by challenging friends and family in a private league to prove you're the superior GM. Or join an existing league and go head-to-head with friends, coworkers, and fantasy players from all across the country. Hurry to DraftKings.com now to choose your players and you could seriously cash in week one. Use code FTW and play for free with your first deposit. That's code FTW to play free for your share of the $5 million in total prizes in this week one contest. Only at DraftKings.com. Again, it's DraftKings.com. Use the code FTW to play for free in the week one contents. Eligibility restrictions may apply. See website for details. Let's do it. Hey everyone, this is Nate Scott, and this is the For the Win Podcast, your home to everything that's buzzing in the world of sports. My guest today is my colleague at For the Win, uh, our golf expert, and just a decent person overall it's luke curtinine hey man a decent person i'll take it i'll take it <laughs> king nerd how about that should i call you that instead <laughs> much better a much decent better. person but a heck of a nerd um <laughs> yeah we will be talking about harry potter for four hours today uh no we will not be talking about harry potter though i would like everyone to know that luke could if that was oh absolutely without even because... any research or prep just hey luke we're talking about four hours of harry potter today he'd be like what scene would we like to begin with um i, w- I would die with starvation i would die from starvation <laughs> before i would run out of things to say about harry Potter. um well that's fantastic uh so yeah um wanted to actually talk about the Ryder cup because the teams are now officially official yes they're they're set in stone we're locked is that right the European team is locked. The uh, automatic spots for the American are also locked, but they're st- they still have a, a f- four captains picks to make. Okay. Well, we can we can uh, make some guesses on that. Uh, the Absolutely. European the European team is locked. Uh, Lee Westwood, Martin Keimer, and Thomas Peters are the wild cards. Let me know if I'm pronouncing any of those names wrong. It's it's Peters, right? I think so. Yeah, I think so. Okay. This is the problem with being a writer on the internet is I read these names all day long and I've never heard anyone say that. Um, it's it's also the problem when, so Thomas Peters is Belgian and he's got a very American sounding name. Yes. Um, they should look at, you know, he should have uh, looked into that. That's a, that's a sloppy mistake on his end. I think um, should have, if it was a Belgian name, we could a, a, at least attempt to pronounce it, put some flourishes on it. Um, but you know, because it's American, he's not going to get those liberties with us. Exactly. Um, the nine players who qualified from Europe, I'll just run through them really quickly. Rory McIlroy, Danny Willett, Henrik Stenson, Chris Wood, Sergio Garcia, Justin Rhodes, Rafael Cabrera-Bello, Andy Sullivan, and Matt Fitzpatrick. Um, I guess the big name in the captain's pick, and one that I thought was sort of interesting because um, it, it, he's sort of being touted as the leader and the, the, the veteran, 
is Lee Westwood, who has never really screamed to me like a leader type. Am I am I crazy in that? No, you're not crazy at all. Um, you know, look, he's a guy that a lot of European golfers like a lot. He happens to be best friends with Darren Clark, who yeah. is coincidentally the captain this year. But um, look, he's not playing very well right now. He, If you look at his career generally, it's trending down. He's getting a little older. His best days are most certainly behind him. Um, this is a questionable pick, I must say. It, it, it was going to happen because of his friendship with Darren Clark and because there are already a lot of rookies on this team, which we'll get to. But this is a this is definitely a bold a bold move. Um, yeah, I I was, <clears throat> you know, with with that pick, with that sort of traditional pick. I know Westwood has he's played in the Ryder Cup nine times. You know, he is a hell of a golfer, and has been a hell of a golfer. But that being said. With these picks, you're sort of looking for someone who is thoughtful, uh, been there before, you know, clutch guy, guy who's won tournaments, a guy who can show the younger guys the way. Granted, I don't know Lee Westwood a lot, but from what I've seen about him, it's sort of a quiet dude who, you know, I guess is kind of a jokester, but sort of does his own thing. I don't know, that, that it, that's just not who... I guess he was sort of the biggest name that wasn't on the team that isn't like 60 years old. So I guess that's sort of what was the thinking, but I don't know. I'm not... yeah, I think I think you're right. I think that is exactly the thinking. And you know what? Maybe I'm wrong on what I'm about to say, um, because this is generally how a lot of American sort of golf experts think uh, when it comes to the Ryder Cup. But I think this whole aspect of, you know, teamwork, um, having to work together, a good presence in the dressing room. That all makes sense when you're talking about soccer or football or you're talking about baseball even. But golf is such an individual sport that even in team events like the Ryder Cup, I think there's only marginal gains to that stuff. I mean, what, somebody had this great stat. I'm about to butcher it because I can't remember it properly. But it was to the effect of um, why did Europe win the Ryder Cup? last year was it because they had better teamwork or was it because they hold they made x amount more birdies they made just a million more birdies which is why they won the Ryder cup yeah. so my strategy my philosophy would be you just pick the best players you know or you pick a combination of the best players and the players who are playing the best at the moment um lee westwood is is he one of europe's best 12 players now and uh, maybe i guess probably probably because he's still lee westwood but he's not playing well enough to walk warrant him saying that he's in the top 12 overall sort of ability and form wise so i i i would have steered away from lee westwood i think there's this there's this sort of knee-jerk reaction from uh, a lot of european Ryder cup experts to sort of reach for teamwork for reach for that good presence i'm talking about but i don't know i think that's a bit of a a bit of a made-up thing yeah i'm i'm i tend to agree with you and I guess if you're Darren Clark you you look at this European team and you know there are going to be sort of natural kind of uh alliances I guess not alliances, but just national you know people who speak English are probably going to be a little more comfortable with other guys who speak English you know even everyone speaks English but the Spanish guys are probably gonna you know you, you're trying to bring together this team um and maybe for Darren Clark, it's like, listen, we got a lot of different characters here. If we want to install some idea of teamwork, maybe I just bring in my buddy who will back up what I say and, and will be another voice that will that will stand by me in my decisions no matter what they are, um, which seems as a decent reason 
to, to bring someone like that along. Because, I don't know, yeah, it's not like you could argue, like, these Europeans are more coherent and, and cohesive than the American team. It's like, no, they, they just play better. They have the better thing. players. That's the thing. They just play better. Um, they, they had the better. They've had the better players recently. Um, a guy like Lee Westwood's value, I think, in the sort of locker room, it's pretty marginal because even if he's this incredible, uh, this this incredible sort of force um, behind the scenes, and he doesn't really contribute much um, on the golf course, you're still talking about you're still going to have to send the rest of your guys out to play 18 holes with only one other guy. Lee Westwood can't be a cheerleader for all of them. Um, I just think it's a bit, uh, I think it's a bit overblown, this whole X factor thing. And somebody may come back to me and say, well, you know, it's this X factor, this teamwork mentality that makes them hold putts. Uh, But I don't think that's true. I think they they hold putts because they hold putts. Um, Maybe they try a little harder, but that might just simply be because Europeans like the Ryder Cup. Uh, value the Ryder Cup more traditionally than Americans. So I don't know. I, I would have gone Russell Knox, who um, he actually, yeah, yeah, he actually, uh, he's he he's been really. I'm about this is about to go up on for the win too. So it probably would have gone up by the time uh, listeners are reading to this. But he actually got kind of screwed out of this Ryder Cup team by a really silly technicality. So um, what happened? Allow me to go on a little bit of a rant here. Please. It won't take long. So what happened was that Russell Knox is a half American, half Scottish person who uh, played golf in the university. I believe he played golf in Jacksonville, Jacksonville University. Yep. There we go. Jacksonville University. And um, obviously really liked it here. As a man who grew up in England and then moved to America, I can relate. He liked it over here. He decided to start his professional golf career over here. Um, he took up status on the PGA Tour rather than the European Tour. And he was sort of plodding along nicely. And then at the very uh, start of this season, he won out in China, I believe, a WGC event. Um, And so what happened is he got a bunch of world ranking points. He got a bunch of money, a bunch of FedEx Cup points towards his PGA Tour status. But he, but the rider, but the European Ryder Cup system didn't count any of that because he wasn't a member of the European Tour because he's a member of the PGA Tour. He's a Europe, he's a European playing in America. Um, but the way the European Ryder Cup team is is uh, formed is that they take basically the five highest players on the world ranking, which is the sort of Rory McIlroy's of the world, and then they take the five highest finishers on the European Tour, which uh, which Russell Knox hadn't. He wasn't a member of the European Tour at that point, so he wasn't able to qualify for that side of the rankings. Um, And he has since gotten European Tour status, but even when he did get his European Tour status, he didn't retroactively get those points and those those world ranking points, if that makes sense. So basically, this really important tournament that he went out and won, a WGC event, didn't count towards anything. And had it had this technicality not been around, he would have cruised onto this Ryder Cup team. Yeah. And um, if, you, it's, if you look yeah, at the it's season, unfortunate. too, went at the WGC, uh, tied for second at OHL Classic, tied for second at the RBC Heritage, and he won the Travelers. Um, top 20 at the Players. A uh, bunch more top 25s. This, you know... That's a that's a that's a year. That's a good that's a good year for a guy thirty one years old. That's that's sort of the guy you want on the team. It's, it's oh a, for sure, yeah, yeah. Um, 
If Matt Kuchar had a year like that, people would be amped about him making the U.S. Yes. Ryder Cup team, for example. Like, it, it, the, the problem is, is I, I guess I understand why the problem exists because the, Ryder, the, European, the European tour, which runs the European side of the Ryder Cup, want players, want to incentivize players to play on the European tour, which is an increasingly difficult thing to do nowadays. But Russell Knox has just found himself in a terrible situation i mean this this is he is in exactly the wrong point of this system he's a european playing abroad um it makes it almost virtually impossible for him to qualify unless he plays really well which he did and he still didn't qualify because of a different technicality um i i can't believe you know he is playing much better than lee westwood he's probably a better golfer at the moment than lee westwood i would have gone with him um, it's a it's a real shame, I think, yeah. that he's not going to be there. I mean, you could make an argument over him for all three of the other guys. You know, Martin Keimer, great golfer, a lot of big wins. Um, he's currently world number 50. Um, you know, hasn't been playing that great. Thomas Peters, uh, exciting young player. I'm excited about him. Uh, came in fourth in the Olympics. I think he's the guy people are going to be watching. Uh, and again, he's he's a baby. He, you know, he's he's not he's not very old. He's, what, 24 years old? Um, yeah. And so those are all people that I think if Clark wanted to frame it that way, he could have, he could have, you know, pitched Russell Knox as, as sort of the alternative, but, uh, alas. Okay. Uh, let's talk about the Americans really quickly. You know, that the, the captain Davis love the third has, uh, three wild cards to add, and then he makes a fourth selection right before the competition starts because we Americans love the drama. Um, during Sunday night football, might I? Add. Um, it's, it, during halftime of Sunday night football that nice. day. I believe it's the Chicago. I can't remember who uh, the Bears are playing, but it's during a Chicago game. All right, golf, getting in there. Um, <laughs> Kuchar's one of the names that people are throwing out. Uh, the other obvious ones, Bubba Watson and Ricky Fowler. Who, who do you think are the four that go? So I think, Bubba, you're going to have to refresh me on some of the outsiders looking in because I don't yeah. have it offhand. But Bubba Watson's a lock, obviously. I yeah. think you have to choose Bubba Watson. Um, the reason he didn't get in is because the... Um, again, it's, it was, it was a bit of a glitch in the system, but that happens in every, any way you decide to qualify players. Um, there will be people who fall through the cracks. Bubba Watson happened to be there this year, won the masters last year. You pick Bubba Watson. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Ricky Fowler's starting to play better at the right time. So I would pick Ricky Fowler too. Matt Kuchar, um, just came off a bronze at the Olympics and he's sort of, he's always, he's pretty good in these Ryder cup formats because Everybody likes him. He's pretty laid back. He, he's his game is pretty uh, amenable to a lot of other different players' games. You know, he doesn't hit the ball that short or that far. He is a good putter, so he can sort of he's a good utility player. Um, so those some, are the three right off the bat. Yeah, some other names to uh, consider: uh, JB Holmes, Jim Furyk, uh, currently twenty-one and twenty-two in the official world golf ranking. Um, and not included. I'm just I'm trying to go through this and find other guys who aren't. Uh, Scott Piercy is Justin Thomas on the list? I think no, he's not. Justin Thomas is another name. Uh, Arnold Zach Ken Johnson, I think, is outside of the automatic standings now. No, I no, he's he's in. Zach oh, he's in. Is in. Okay, yeah. he's in. Uh, Kevin he's... Kisner, Kevin Na, Kevin Chapel, the Kevins. Uh, Bill <laughs> one has McKeel, one McKeel candidate. I know, now. and uh, Daniel Berger. 
and uh, our old friend Bill McGirt. Our, oh my God. Uh, I mean, Furyk I was sort of surprised by. Yeah, I think um, th that's the hot debate right now, is that everyone's wondering, should Furyk get a pick? He hasn't played very well at all. He is... Uh, his statistics are terrible in Ryder Cups. Uh, some, some through fault of his own. Some, uh, some just out of his control. But um, I would probably, I don't, I, I like Jim Furyk, but I don't think this is, he, this is, uh, uh, I, I wouldn't bother taking him to the Ryder Cup. I would probably go of those names listed. I would probably go with JB Holmes. We love um, JB Holmes. The, love him. I think he's a good. That's a guy you just want on the team. I don't even care. I know we just said like. Teams don't matter and blah de blah. Like, that's a guy you want on the team. You want JB Holmes mashing it up there. Exactly, and he kind of his game's kind of similar to Dustin Johnson, so you could pair them together, and they would probably mesh pretty well. And I believe he was on the last ride winning U.S. Ryder Cup team. There's only been one in the last yeah. freaking seventeen years. Yeah, so yeah. He's on, um, yeah, so that's the name who I would go with. I bet he'll go with Furyk, though. Um, Interesting. Again, it's it's going to be the same logic. The uh, we need a trusty hand at the tiller, but yeah. uh, I I I think it, I think Holmes is the name that jumps out to me. Okay, or Tiger Woods, just to set us all into a, a fury. Just kidding. Just for yeah, for X Factor. <laughs> <laughs> just to stare at them. Um, <laughs> All right, wanted to talk about the Premier League, but before we do, I had to tell you guys about Harry's, the most comfortable shave in the entire universe um, and the world, but also the universe. I'm, I'm willing to to expand it on that. Um, Harry sent me their their starter kit, the, the Truman, recently. It is unbelievably comfortable. Uh, it's a high-quality razor, German-engineered, which Ted Berg has said before. Uh, the Germans are very good engineers, and that's something you want. His apparently his whole family's German engineers. You don't have any German engineers in your family, do you, Luke? No, I'm English, so of course not. <laughs> <laughs> you, you use your terrible rusty razors in 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 England, and you do it with cold water to because it builds, it builds character. Absolutely. <laughs> um, they they have a a moisturizing shave cream that s smells amazing. They actually sent me their post shave bomb too, which. Uh, it's just a wonderful way to start your day. Um, and the Harry starter set is called the Truman. It's a great option for new customers and an amazing deal. For just $15, you get a razor handle, moisturizing shave cream, and three of Harry's five-blade German-engineered razors. Plus, there's a special offer for fans of the show. Harry's will give you $5 off your first purchase with promo code WIN. That means a $15, that whole set, you're going to get for $10. This is this is a, an unbelievable deal. Go to harrys.com right now and look for the Truman set. That's harrys.com, H-A-R-R-Y-S.com, and enter the code WIN, W-I-N, at checkout to get $5 off and help support the show. Stop compromising. Give Harry's a try today. All right. Premier League. What has jumped out at you over the first couple weeks other than you were probably right and Man United looks like they're going to win the league? Uh, yeah, I'm still pretty confident about Man United sim yeah, simply you, because... You were right. I was wrong. Uh, he, Mourinho, man, he can turn things around really quickly. I wouldn't bank on him in the long run, but in the short term, that is his, that is his game. Yeah. Um, so they might be a little too dependent on Zlatan. Like if he gets injured or just drops off, then they're kind of stuck with Rashford, who is good, but he's not really a Mourinho type. So um, that's something to watch. i got to give a shout-out to Chelsea, by the way. I think yes. that, that 
they're looking much, much better this Lovely season. Lovely 3-0 win over Burnley. Um, you knew this would happen. I mean, their play was so bad last year for the amount of talent on their team. It's like, this had to... I, you know, we, you and I said we need to give Conte a season, and we're not sure anyone will be able to turn around a dumpster fire that quickly. But it turns out, like, if you put good players and they're not miserable and you put them in the right positions, like, good things tend to happen. Yeah, and it's one of these things where, like, Chelsea were an absolute dumpster fire last season. But they still... Uh, it wasn't necessarily because the, uh, the, the squad was really bad. They had a few weak spots, and then their best players didn't perform. Um, Conte has come in and plugged almost all of those weak spots and gotten their best players to perform. So it was like a, a team that was down, but it had all the potential to kind of return pretty quickly. What? Um, how are you feeling about the N'Golo Conte era? Uh, several great articles were written about Conte, I should say, this week. This has been my favorite player in the Premier League for two seasons now. Uh, Zito Medu at, at uh, SB Nation wrote a wonderful uh, article this week, which I encourage you to read just because you're a Chelsea fan and you'll love it. Um, N'Golo Kante rules the Premier League by fear. Um, and it's a lot about how, even though statistics show he's an incredible player, you can't even measure how uh, effective he is because other players now won't even go near him on the field because they're so terrified of him as a tackler and a defender. Yeah, and so... I was actually talking to somebody on Twitter about this the other day, trying to explain it in like an American viewpoint. So it's basically like if a team with a good quarterback and a good offensive line, but terrible wide receivers, just got the best wide receiver in the game. Um, that's essentially, in my opinion, what Chelsea's happened. They, they, they were so weak in that defensive midfield position. And then they go and buy N'Golo Kante, who might be the best defensive midfielder in the world if not he's certainly in the conversation yes. in my opinion he just buzzes around everywhere and he he is just sort of tackles really hard and when he wins the ball he doesn't give it away it's it's really it's so as a as a chelsea fan it is so much fun to watch a guy like that win the ball back and then and then distribute it as well as he does um it, it really is the sort of engine of this team and it's you know um if you listen to this podcast, you know I've been a broken record about this guy. Um, I just, you know, players like this are so special and so rare. And, you know, when you look at the best teams in history, they all seem to have a guy like this, you know? Barcelona, those phenomenal Barcelona teams have Busquets, Real Madrid, you know, you know, they had Zidane, of course, they had all these big names. There was Makalele there, who, you know, also, uh, you know, Chelsea had Essien. Like, everyone, every one of these great teams has, uh, of the last, you know, 15, 20 years, have had this type of player. Manchester United had Skulls. Like, everyone's had that that guy, um, and they're still somehow underappreciated. Chelsea went out and, and basically said, we're going to get N'Golo Kante, and he's going to be that guy. And it's worked out, it's working out swimmingly for them. Yeah, and it's one of these things too where like Paul Pogba is the best player on the planet probably outside of sort of Messi. Um, yeah. Really, really, you know, I, this is not a slight on a guy like Paul Pogba, but he also costs, what, 100 million pounds, I believe. Yes. Um, that, that would be... That would that would be more than three Ingolo Cantes yes. um, by the price. I don't know. I as good as Paul Pogba is, I would almost prefer 
you know, three N'Golo Kantes yeah. and then just have the most dominant, tough tackling midfield of all time. Exactly. Um, and then just let, you know, three players up front score all the goals because the defense is set. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's just sort of my read on it. Really exciting. Um, but before, but one thing that did stick out to me this Premier League season, before I forget, isn't just in the Premier League. It's in the championship. Uh, Fulham, that's, they're, they're, they're oh. bright and high still. Come don't, on. Don't, don't, don't tempt me with that. You know, <laughs> have you heard about the, the drama with Fulham, though? Oh, no. I just saw the second in the league and that yeah, flying we're winning. Yeah, we're winning. But uh, Jovanovic, our, uh, the, the manager, Fulham is the team I support. They're one division down in the Premier League in the championship. Uh, a, the team is owned by Shahid Khan, who you might know as the owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, he installed a guy, uh, an analytics guy, in the Fulham front office and basically said, our managers... Uh, can sign a player, but it has to be approved by our analytics department. We need both signing off. And of course, all out war <laughs> now. Uh, <laughs> they all hate each other. Uh, after one of the after one of the wins, um, the the manager said, uh, I'm glad we're winning, but I can't sign the players I want because some dude with a computer won't let me do it. So even though everything's going wonderfully now, I'm sure it'll all come tumbling down and we'll end with everyone fired and miserable. So, uh, uh, But you know what? As uh, as Tiger Woods once said, winning takes care of everything. I know. So that's what so. that's what the hope is. Uh, and it looks like they've made some, some inroads. It all apparently came to a head where Mourinho offered to loan a player to Fulham. I don't even remember who. One of the young guys he's trying to get rid of. And the, our front office basically said, we don't know anything about this kid. We don't have any numbers on him. We're not going to take on his salary. We don't know anything. Just because Mourinho says he's good, we're not going to go off Jose Mourinho's word, which is probably a good thing, <laughs> a good philosophy to have in, just in life in general. Um, but that apparently set everything off. Anyway, all that's not important. Let's bounce around the league a little more. Arsenal... Uh, beats Watford three to one. I'm still not sold on Arsenal. Yeah, you, I'm increasingly coming around to your viewpoint. Um, you know, it, it it does seem like there are enough teams. Behind, I think Man United, Arsenal, sorry, Man United, Man City, Chelsea are going to be in the top four. And the more I look at Arsenal, the more and the more I look at Tottenham, who just seems so much more put together and so much more organized in a bunch of different ways. I can't help but hear your voice going in my head saying that this is the year it's all going to come apart for Arsenal. So I'm starting to I'm starting to buy into that a little more as the weeks roll on. Yeah, um, I mean, there's talks about. I mean, with Arsenal, the rumor mill is just uh, out of control always. Um, but it looks like they're sending out some young players that uh, Serge, I'm going to butcher his na- last name. Is it Nabry or Gnabry? Yeah, I, yeah I, something like that. 21-year-old winger that apparently Arsenal let it be known that he was available. He's from Germany. And every single, apparently every single team in the Bundesliga was like, yes, we will sign that person. And when every single person, every single team in the Bundesliga is at least, you know, reportedly... It, interested in a player maybe you've got someone on your hands you know maybe that's someone you want to think about um anyway and and i and i feel 
I feel like Arsene Wenger and Arsenal, they always try to be a little too smart for their own good. Yes. You know, they, 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 there's, like, they just signed two players and all the Arsenal fans got really excited. Um, their name, Pe- uh, uh, Perez, I believe, was one yep. of their names. I forget the other. But um, it just begs the question, like in this crazy, busy transfer window, if they were able to sort of steal two quote-unquote bargains... Um, it sort of begs the question: Where were? Why weren't other teams interested in these gems that Arsene Wenger has supposedly yeah. unearthed? It just is always the same cycle yeah. with them. They I mean, they think this. It just never quite works out as well as they think it's going to. I don't know. I mean, Arsenal has the talent to finish fourth, and you know what? I'm I'm still not willing to rule them out for that. I think they very well might end up there. I think they'll beat up on bad teams this year and struggle against good teams. Um, and though I like. Tottenham and Liverpool more you know Tottenham's still young and Liverpool good lord I it, it's entertaining I don't know what they're doing <laughs> it's like we're gonna take 38 shots and you'll take 35 and let's see what like, I hope our shots go in more you know that like every Liverpool game is is much must see TV at this point um because they're just going for it and yeah it's fun to watch these sort of bomb burner games but um it's if i was a fan i would not be very i would <laughs> i would not take a lot of confidence in that defense yeah uh Jurgen klopp has you know he he wants to go he wants to attack and you know i'm, I'm sure the team will be will be fine and they'll take care and they had you know one one against tottenham is a is a is a good result now for them and and they shouldn't sort of shake their head at it um elsewhere not a lot that's it luke we've talked enough man how are you how's life life is generally pretty good um (laughs) yeah everything's going well with me uh looking forward that we've gone through the the dog days of summer in terms of internet sports content so uh looking forward to football season and the olympics was really fun how are you feeling post rio by the way exhausted but you know what we're just gonna keep charging you get that salad that you were craving? I had a salad. Of- um, Brazil, I love you. I miss you. Mix in a salad, guys. I'm worried about you. I'm worried about your health <laughs> down there. No one seems to eat any salad. So, anyway, uh, Luke, man, you're on Twitter at Luke Curtinine. That is right. I'm on Twitter at A8Scott. Follow us, shoot us questions. And uh, this is the For the One podcast. We're on iTunes. We're on SoundCloud. We're on Stitcher. We're on Audio Boom. Like, subscribe, all that good stuff. Luke, man, I'm sure we'll talk soon. Yeah, let's talk soon. Thanks, Nate. Later, buddy.